What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This one's for the birds, this one's for the city, this one for the fans that bleed green with me. Push down to 95, to the right is the link, with a team pulling up, knowing that they're getting beat. Exit Broad Street, right on Patterson, Xfinity Live, CPP, what's happening? Dub F Lot, stop by F1, fly Eagles fly, you hear the song getting sung? What team in the league is number one? Bird gang, bird gang, yeah, I said it twice. You heard me say it once, now you sure you heard it right. No lies being told, yeah, it's all facts. It ain't me, Green and Kelly, we don't rock with that. Any given Sunday, we don't ever slack. Yeah, we got an SP, time to run it back. And even on the road, yeah, we taking over. All you see is see a green like you at the Nova. Care less about the squad, bro, it's only us. A cheesesteak tailgate, yeah, we good, bro. Beer pong baptism, you already know. Con shot, tomato pie, bring three of fun. After every bird game, you know where to be. Fourth of John, NBC, in the heart of Philly. About the birds, about the birds, all about the birds. Eve Rock, yeah, find the Hollywood. Here we go, broadcasting live from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to 4th and John, episode 102. I want to start out this week's episode by reiterating the motto of the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles, and that is, everything matters. It's something that was coined by Doug Peterson, our head coach, and disseminated to the rest of the football team because too often last year, they did the little things or they didn't do the little things that cost them games. It's a, it's a phrase coined out of necessity. Whether it was in Tennessee, Corey Graham falling asleep at the wheel, allowing that fourth down to go right by him. Whether it be the coaching staff taking their foot off the gas pedal, both on offense and defense against the Carolina Panthers and letting them back in the game. Or whether it be that game down in Dallas, where just an unfortunate bounce off of Razul Douglas ended up in the hands of Amari Cooper and they lost that game. Everything matters. It's a true statement. It might be the truest statement that Doug Peterson has ever made. I see no lies in that statement. Because it takes doing all the little things correct in order to win a game. Whether it's preparation for the week, the way these players are training their body, the medical staff doing their thing, watching film, getting ready, pregame warm-ups, execution of the offense, execution of the defense, all of it, every thing matters. And unfortunately on Sunday night, what we saw is a lot of the 2018 Philadelphia Eagles and a lot less of the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles. Everything matters. If you're not going to do the little things, more importantly, if you're not going to do the things right, you're going to lose the game. It's tough to win in the NFL against good teams on prime time, on the road. And, and, and having the type of adversity the Eagles had right off the get, right in pregame warm-ups, it's tough. That means you have to do all the little things right. You have to do all the little things correct because everything matters. The offensive line needs to play better. I'm sorry. You can't show your ass on ESPN the body issue and show your ass on the field. It's, that, it's one or the other. You can't have both. Pick one. Shots fired. The run game. There was no running back that averaged more than 2.8 yards per carry and only 18 runs. 
I understand you're limited on personnel, but you got to do the little things right. These slow starts. Listen, the game plan needs to be better. The first 15 plays need to be better. And I understand that early on there was a monkey wrench thrown into the entire situation. But I was, I was reading an article today that pointed out that the Eagles have failed to score in the first quarter 12 of the last 18 games. I'll repeat it again because it bears repeating. The Eagles have failed to score in the first quarter 12 of the last 18 games. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a trend, and that's not doing everything right when everything matters. Lack of a pass rush. Dude, we got one sack in two games, and that's by a defensive tackle who's now, I don't know, the, the, the injury reports keep coming up. Is he out for the year? Is it four to six weeks? I don't know. Dude's in a walking boot. Great. Defensive backs out of position or getting burned. Not doing, every, not doing the little things because everything matters. The wide receivers. I'm sorry, Nelly. I'm not giving you a pass on that one. I'm not giving you a pass on that one. That was the game winner right there. It's the little things, damn it. Carson Wentz. I know I'm going to get flamed for it. I, I appreciate his bravado. I applaud him for trying to put the team on his back and willing that team back to victory in the second half and getting the lead. But a 6.1 passer rating in the first half ain't going to cut it. He is not without criticism. Everything matters. And because everything matters and you didn't do the little things correct, it manifests itself in the last-ditch effort, the last hope for the game, when Zach Ertz didn't run past the sticks. Football 101. Everything matters. So now that we revisited the key phrase or the term that's associated with the 2019 Philadelphia Eagles, I'm going to go back and revisit another phrase that was coined after we won the Super Bowl in 2017. The new norm. This is not our new norm. Start getting off the slow starts is not our new norm. Asking Carson Wentz to do too much because you, you, you start the game from behind is not the new norm. Not getting pressure on the quarterback is not the new norm. Forgetting how to run the ball is not the new norm. I'm not ready to push the panic button yet. It's week two. It's a marathon. It is not a race. But this will not be our new norm. They need to switch it up and get back on the track against the Detroit Lions. Because I am not willing to come into the studio one and two and start talking about everything's going to be okay. I'm just not. I'm glad to see everybody in the studio is okay. We made it back from Atlanta. A little sleepy. When I say that we got seven hours of sleep all weekend, uh, that is not an exaggeration. So I'm happy to see everyone got home safely, is well rested. It's Gail Saunders Eagle Sessions on Twitter. Sorry for the long rant, man. I just had to get that off my chest after going down there and representing, doing our job. Mm. Team didn't do theirs. Gail. Uh, well, at the end of the day, uh, adversity is not pretty. Um, obviously, we wanted them to start hot um, and, and finish with the W, but... Going, you know, having Dallas Goddard go down, Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, that really affected the personnel group. And as much as we would like to sit here and, and, and wish things looked better in the first quarter, I think that really shook their offensive play calling up. You're talking about 30, maybe 35% of the plays scratched off the playlist. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about scratching off plays. Like he's, there's, there's parts of the offense they couldn't use because they, they were in that predicament. I mean, you had guys like, you know, Matt Collins. He, he stepped up and made some plays. He had uh, 
I think Whiteside in there, um, not he seemed like a little lost out there at first. But I think you, I'm going to I'm going to go with the positive first here. Um, I think you learn from these wins. I think looking at the way that they fought back in the in the game, I, I was I was proud of the way they they, they handled themselves with all the adversity, and the, the, it, kept, it kept sticking in my head. I'm like, how are, how are they going to come back? And but. I, I, they had a, the will to win. And, you know, fans were in the second quarter were giving up. Eagle fans were giving up in the second quarter. Um, you know, as you scroll down the timeline, you're, you're seeing fans like, how are they, they going to win? They're just, they're just going to lose this game. But that's not how this team thinks. You, you look at the veterans on this roster, they came together. Guys like Zach Ertz, guys like uh, Nelson Aguilar, who made huge plays in the Super Bowl. You, you see the way that they worked. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz didn't get off the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is the first time he's ever had to play a whole game in his career. I mean, Nelson Aguilar, as much as I will, you know, I, I wanted you to catch that, that, that ball. Um, one of the things I was screaming at Trox and Prime, I was like, you, during the game, I was like, you have to go back to Nelson Aguilar now. Yeah, to build that, back and, up his confidence. And this is what Carson Wentz said in the huddle. He was, I'm going back to you, Nelson. And Nelson Aguilar came up with a big play on fourth and 14. They were in the position to win. That's where we wanted. I, I mean, to, to watch that stadium have the life sucked out of them and Eagle fans just willing to win. Hmm. I remember one Eagle fan in the 300th level where we were at. He was the only one. He just, this, this chant out of nowhere, just, I was just, it just stuck out to me at the moment. The next play, he was just like so gung-ho. I'm like, what are you so gung-ho about? Like, we're losing here. They're bad. And, and the defense stepped up and made plays. And the defense came up big, man. I mean, there's, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a pretty game at all. But there, there was moments in the games where I, I saw guys step up and make plays. I think uh, as much as, uh, you, know, you know, I didn't want Rasul, uh, Sewell Island to be a thing, mm-hmm. Sewell, Sewell did a fairly decent job on Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. But I think there's, there's guys that, um, you know, we, could, we can pick them out uh, and, and point fingers. But at the end of the day, they're a team. I think they, they regroup. Um, they have, they're dealing with injuries. Uh, we talked about the depth being a big part of this Eagles team. Well, uh, our depth is taking a shot, the defensive tackle group. Um, you know, the, the wide receivers are going down. Tight ends, um, they're going to have a, a lot of game planning to do uh, in this following couple weeks. I'm glad you're taking a positive approach to this, and I, and I, and I appreciate the positive approach because I do appreciate the way the veterans on the team rallied, how disappointed they were after the game and losing that game. Zach, poor Zach Ertz was heartbroken about that whole thing. Yeah, he was, he was but again, up. if I'm looking at this game, all the cumulative little th- – I don't want to sound like Al Pacino in any given Sunday – but the inches are all around us. Right. And you have to scratch and claw to get those inches. And you fight for those inches. And that's what you have to do to win games. Because as much as we would love to say, you know, make excuses here, make excuses there. And trust me, I'll be the first one to make excuses for this team. If you're not doing the little things, it literally culminates at the end of the game. Yeah. In a couple inches. In a couple inches at the end of the game. And the weirdest part about it is if you're looking at how we started slow, multiple injuries, mm-hmm. multiple um, mistakes by our, our players with flags and, uh, you know, Carson Wentz making a couple of bad decisions, only being down by four 
and then having an opportunity to come back and try and win this game. Like, you know, the stacks were – the cards are stacked, and I feel like, you know, it's just like – Bro, bro, let me, let me – I'm, me. But I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is if we start to play like we're supposed to play, things should look a lot better. Yeah, but you have to start to play yeah. like you're supposed to play. Yeah. This team on paper is stacked. Injuries, I know. That, that whole beginning rant, that's the one thing you can't control. You can't control the injuries. And, man, we are getting beat up. We are snake-bitten with these injuries. We're good. Like, we thought losing Carson in 2017 was bad. And then we had the 2018 season. We were, whoa, we lost an entire positional group, the defensive secondary. And now here we are again, week two. Regardless, I'm, I'm glad you're taking a positive look towards it. At the end of the day, to steal your phrase, they don't get any participation trophies, man. It's about putting dubs on the on the on the. Yeah, a dub is a dub. A dub is a dub. And if and let, and then what I wanted to ask you, if you if you were to if they won that game, were you walking away feeling good about that win? Were you walking away puffing your chest out about that win? I w- I would be excited about the way that they won. They get, that's called like gutting it out when you play in a football game and there's some games that aren't pretty and you gut one out. That doesn't. I I had posted on Twitter. I was like, they have to look from within to get this W. But how many times are they going to put themselves in a position, whether it be coaching, whether it be execution, whether it be the game plan, whether it be the first 15 scripted plays, whether it be turnovers, whether it be the offensive line, the defensive line is not getting enough pressure, whether it be wide receivers are running free behind the defensive backs. How many times are they going to put them in a position where they got to gut it out? Well, in this situation, you normally you don't you don't go into a game where you lose your, your your second tight end. A lot of the thing they're trying to do is 12 personnel. That's big into their run. It, it, uh, that affects their running game. Uh, and, and you lose your vertical threat, that affects your pass game. You lose Alshon, a guy who is a chain over, that affects your pass game. So them to get through that hump, I think that, that's a difficult thing. That's, that normally doesn't happen. I, I get it. It's difficult. They threw a monkey wrench in the whole offensive game plan. Again, failed to score in the first quarter, 12 out of the last 18 games. Yeah. What are the other excuses? It's a thing. It's a, it's a thing. It's Thank thing. you. It's that, a thing. That's it needs to be addressed. I, I, that's what I tweeted you're out fa- as well. You, 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 it's a thing. Your first 15 plays aren't designed for you to punt. They're not designed for you not to put points on the board. Yeah, I mean, the first you, 15 is the best of what you got. And if, you get, if they just get three or seven in that first quarter, this is a whole different ball game. I mean, there, there's a lot of them. You, you could go to, go to the Corey Clement fumble. That was detrimental. Evan Hollywood Hearn. Who, by the way, congratulations on beating me in fantasy football yes. this week. Yes. Due to having Matt Ryan and Julio Jones on your team. How are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing well. Is it really a violation? Because I happen to catch Ronald Darby at the bar drinking before the game with us. Because <laughs> that's my only explanation as to what was going on out there. Um, yeah, I, re- I really don't know, man. There, there was a lot of things. There was way more things to take away negatively from that game than there were positively. I understand that you can't, ca- you can't account for injuries. But, like, th- there has to be something to be said. To like, I'm not talking about the players themselves. I'm talking about the, the, the Eagles team. And uh, whether it be Doug not, putting, um, not tackling in practice or not playing in preseason or these players aren't prepared yet. They're not prepared to go into the season. Yep. Um, and, like, if, if there's one positive thing that I can take from this game – I saw flashes of uh, the Carson escapability of 2017. There was many plays that he was able, where I thought the pocket completely collapsed on him, and he was able to eke it out. But, 
I mean, we could talk all day about getting Nelson Aguilar's confidence back up, but the difference between a game extending play and a game winning play is the difference in in our record book. So like what we we've got we're one and one now and now we're going to be clawing our way against Detroit to avoid going under 500. And like I did not think that that was something we were going to have to be dealing with this early into the season. Um right. I I don't know what else to say. I mean like not not having Goddard out there, not having Deshaun, not having Alshon, I understand that completely messes up your entire game plan. You go you go into there thinking that you're going to have those guys, but they need to figure something else out. The scripted plays, th- this trend has been there before those injuries were there. Thank you. It, it, this, was, this, was a tre- this was a trend before the game. Mm-hmm. And listen, I understand that only having really two tight ends on the active roster, one of them goes down during pregame warm-ups, that screws up the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But as far as the wide receiver, and, and again, I'll make another excuse. Okay, J.J. is a rookie. Mac hasn't played a lot. Nelly's still there. Like, I'm struggling. Everyone's willing to give the rest of the wide receivers and the game plan of plan a pass because, hey, Deshaun got hurt, Alshon got hurt, Goddard got hurt, four out of their, or three out of their top four receiving targets got hurt and now are out of the game. Gail, maybe you can speak to this a little bit more than I can. Are the other wide, is, are, is the second string wide receivers not, not in the same room? During week uh, preparation, are they? Uh, is the second team offense not practicing the same scripted plays? They're, they're, the first they're, getting, they're getting less. They're getting less reps. Than okay. They are. So you're talking about the difference between, you know, Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey having a look. You know, you can just give him a certain look. He knows to run a, a back shoulder fade versus running a fade. There's little intricacies that, you know, like you, you saw Carson Wentz look at uh, JJ. I think it's Whiteside and was like, "Look at me, like you." You need to look for the cues. Mm-hmm. And these I are the, the communication issues will pop up early and often when players aren't on the same page. And this comes with reps and more time and practice. But the difference was with the, with the 2017 team, we had injuries on that team as well. We, we were hit with the injury bug, and everybody in their own position group stepped up. That was the difference. This team, we're counting on guys to step up, and nobody's doing so. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's it was interesting to see them going with two tight ends. I was I was still interested, like like last week. I was thinking, what, what happens if they have an t- uh, injury to the tight end group? You know, it's it's going to affect the, affect the game. But one one thing that stuck out to me was like this 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 Falcons team got ran on last week, and and I'm looking at our offensive line and I'm looking at the way they ran the ball. I mean, there there was multiple penalties. Uh, I know I know Grady Jarrett threw a wrench in a lot of. Uh, things out there, but for them not to get the running game going, uh, I was a little, you know, like you got, you got, when, when the running game is, it's becomes like who wants it more, you know? And there was times where, you know, Isaac Sumalo had a good game last week, was getting manhandled um, this week. And just, you know, I, I need to see from Doug and Deuce, I think moving forward, what are we doing with this running back group? Uh, it seems like, they don't. They haven't figured out where they want to go yet. I think it's it's only the second game of the season. But you know, a guy who can run inside zone all day is Jordan Howard. If you want to start ground and pounded, fire him up. And and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up, Gail, because 
I want to make it absolutely crystal clear. I'm, f- I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. I was down there. I was doing my job. We went down there with the Green Legion. There were 600 of us that rolled into the stadium. There was Eagles fans all over the place. Eagles you got chants, Eagles all, over chants all over the place. We were running the city of Phil- uh, or running the city of Atlanta into Philadelphia, and you guys absolutely once again impressed, and you never failed to do so. Every, si- every single time that we travel, we just – we are so impressed by the passion and the energy and the absolute takeover by the Eagles fans. So I'm right there with you, but I'm, 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 I'm frustrated. And while I'm talking from a, from a place of frustration, a little bit of anger, <laughs> a lot of disappointment, and a whole lot of lack of sleep. Can, can, I, can I say that? We're running on like seven hours of sleep Amen. the entire Amen. weekend. Yeah. And, that, and that was no exaggeration. Yeah. When you're talking, I'm thinking the, the mental image in my head is all four of us Sleeping on an airport floor, uh, airport, uh, uh, that's not the, the term, cleanest yeah. floor yeah. in the world. Didn't care. I've we never been care. that tired in my life. Never I mean, been that tired in my the life. The passion that Eagle fans, you know, the, they're willing to travel, they're willing to spend good dollars. But I was, I was really wanting to get that dub for those local Atlanta fans, those guys, you know, they finally get to see their Eagles play there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's fortunate we didn't get the dub. But here's where I was going with that, right? While I'm speaking from a place of a little bit of uh, frustration, disappointment, anger, and a whole lot of lack of sleep, I'm not giving up on the season. I do believe they can turn this around. I have faith in Carson Wentz, and I have faith in Doug Peterson turning this thing around. I really do. Again, it's week two. It's not time to hit the panic button. You you could be angry. You could be upset. You lost a tight one, and you should have won. And it was a winnable game, and you should be undefeated right now, but you're not. So, I don't want to be that dude that sits in front of a micro- microphone, because we got too many of them in Philadelphia, and just spits negativity. Blah, 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 blah. The team this, the team that, the coach this, the coach that. I want to talk about the Detroit Lions. Ha- Gail, give me a couple things that the Eagles need to do. You just touched on one of them with the running backs. Give me a couple things that the Eagles need to do to right the ship. Uh, I, I, I... I want them to protect Carson Wentz a little bit better, and I, I, the only way that you do that is dial up that run. I think they have, you know, they they've got a, a chip on their shoulder after the performance they threw up. They've got to do better. Um, I think, you know, again, you know, you you got to stop, uh, you know, Matt Stafford. You know, he you know he he knows this Jim Schwartz defense. He knows where the back does are. He played with Jim Schwartz for a while, but I think if you, you shut down the run game, you, you're you know, you want them to be one-dimensional. They don't have a Julio Jones uh, or a Calvin Ridley. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, I think it's also another opportunity for Carson Wentz to take control of this, this, this game. Hmm. You know, he's got he's to come back and rebound and show that he's the leader that he is. I mean, he, he showed it. He showed some guts. But I, I want to see him take control of the offense. Mm-hmm. I agree. Evan, what do you got? Um, well, uh, th- there was uh, more running inside plays is what I-, I was liking as well. But also, one thing me and Gail were talking about during the game, we haven't seen many screen plays in a long yes. time. Mm-hmm. And I like I-, I feel like... That's a high percentage throw. Yeah. And with with, ha- quickly. with having receiving backs like Miles Sanders and Darren Sproles, I feel like that's something that could totally be intricated into our offense a lot more. And I, I just don't understand why Doug is shying away from that. So the uh, the fr- for-, for me, it's A, the first 15 got to be got to be better that's on coaching a, a lot a lot of my complaints if you break it down and and and, and where does this manifest from it's with the coaching mm-hmm. it's inexcusable that your offensive line is getting tricked and getting uh getting flustered and getting pushed back by stunting and twisting linemen 
come on now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like it's a lot of the game plan. It's a lot of the preparation. And if you don't think these offensive and defensive coordinators are taking a look at the first half success that the Washington Redskins had against you, mm-hmm. especially on the offensive side of the ball, a little bit of max protect, tight ends are blocking, a little bit of chipping. You don't yeah. think other teams are paying attention to that? On the other side of the ball, like, look, you don't think they're paying attention to how your offensive line is reacting to basic stunts and basic twists and a, a mobile, moving, multi-look front face? You can't have get, getting, your, getting your guys confused like that. Yeah. You have to have your team better prepared to go in there, and that starts with the first 15. Mm-hmm. Again, your first 15 are not scripted so you can punt. Your, your thing is if you win the coin toss, you're deferring. You're giving it to the other team. You're betting on your defense. You're betting on your offense to put up points. This offense is designed to play with a lead. This defense is designed to play with a lead. It's a pin your ears back, get after the quarterback, be aggressive, let the ball hawks do their thing, sort of a defense. If you're not playing with the lead, it doesn't work right. So your first 15 needs to be better. Tell me this offense isn't missing tempo as well. Remember, remember I was saying that all during the game. I I don't understand how we're we're moving the chains and then everybody's just casually walking up to the line. There's there's no pace in this offense whatsoever. And on top of that, like, throw in a trick play. I haven't seen one of those and I feel like I don't even know how many Eagles You, You remember the last time we played the Atlanta Falcons? It was at Lincoln Financial Field. We just raised the banner. The offense, once again, got off to a slow start. wasn't good. It's probably one of those first uh, whatever, however many games and however many games that they're not scoring in the first quarter, but the offense looks sluggish. The offense looks terrible. What did they do? They dusted off the Philly special and brought it back, baby. Turned the whole game around. Yeah. Yeah. Get Just a, a little jolt. creativity. Get a little jolt, You got to get some juice. Well, I mean, last, last week they used the tempo, and what they did is, you know, they were – diagnosing what they were doing and then going off that like I just felt like there's opportunities to run the tempo and get them tired you know like their defense had a little bit easy I felt like I felt like I was like what are they doing they're just letting but them, the defenders get set or then again you know and, the I, personnel and, I, and, I, and I agree with with the tempo thing and I was on the drive down here and I'm thinking yeah, I know. I know you're gonna get riled up. You're gonna get angry. You're gonna start like criticizing Carson. Oh, and then you're gonna get flamed for it. And you're gonna start criticizing <laughs> Doug. And you're gonna get flamed for it. So let's not be a negative Nelly. Let's think about things that we have to do in order to turn around this thing. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking tempo. And I can't believe the words are gonna come flying out of my mouth. But maybe you're gonna say it. Maybe don't say it. You need to sprinkle a little Chip Kelly. Ah, oh, he said it. He said it. Tempo. I thought it. You said it. Eagles fans, work with me here. I mean, everyone, Eagles fans, every, work with me. Everyone. How many tempo. times? How many times have you seen Carson go no huddle? How many times have you seen him take control of the wheel? And all of a sudden, the offense starts clicking. Am I, am I right or am I wrong? Am one I just making stuff up? Is, is listen? Is is the lack of sleep in my head all of a sudden turning delirious? I get, listen. I want to throw up in my mouth right now for even saying that guy's name. But everyone runs tempo, though. That, we need to run it more. Yeah. I mean, every team wants tempo. I think it's just a matter of not with why. The frequency they they, weren't, they ran it last week. So it's like, why aren't they, why this week did they not dial it up more in certain situations? You know what I mean? That's the questions we're asking. And the running backs need to be, you know, need to be used more appropriately. I don't know if that's Doug Peterson's fault. I don't know if that's Deuce Staley's fault. But in week one, you got Darren Sproles running Jordan Howard plays. Hmm. In week two, you got Jordan Howard running Darren Sproles plays. Mm-hmm. 
like, look, use your play, use the strengths of your play. You can't replace a Deshaun. You don't have another Deshaun Jackson on the on the field. Nope. You don't have him on the roster. That's why you went out and got him. You tried to do it with Torrey Smith, it didn't work. You tried to do it with Mike Wallace, it didn't work. There's only one Deshaun Jackson. I get it. But if but if JJ or Thega Whiteside is the is his comp is Alshon Jeffrey, you act should like act well, like. Well, I think this week he's in the game plan. Like they're gonna dial up plays for him that fit his skill set. And you know, I, I'm more about you know putting the players in a, a position to succeed. Like you can't like you just mentioned about having you know having their roles down. Like have a plan for them to succeed with their best foot forward. You know. I, I, you know, this whole I, – I love Miles Sanders and the, all the hype in camp and all the beats that I've talked to was start Miles Sanders from, from, from week one. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was more about getting Jordan Howard fired up and to, to, just, just to be your foundational guy mm-hmm. and you ease Miles Sanders into it. Um, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Listen, you traded for, for Jordan Howard, all right? He's probably not in your long-term plans. That's what I was going to say. Use him. He's got to go out there and sign a contract. Put some mileage so on him. you can milk a comp pick out of this. Use him. Yeah. If you're not using him, you're shooting yourself in the foot next offseason because you're not going to get that comp pick because he's not going to get that big old contract. Use him. There is no shame in easing Miles Sanders, who, by the way, had a nagging injury in the offseason, so he was a little bit limited in the offseason. There's nothing wrong with easing him into the, in, in, into the offense because once upon a time there was a number 36 – on this team, who was part of a three-headed monster with Deuce Staley and Corral Buckhalter, who was eased into the offense. And he will tell you himself he needed that because he needed to learn all the nuances of the game, how to pass protect. Deuce Staley taught him that, and Brian Westbrook became Brian Westbrook because he wasn't thrown out there as a third-round pick out of Villanova mm-hmm. right away. Yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting, you know, because I'm, I'm like – just, just run Jordan Howard. Just like, but the other thing about having Miles Sanders, I could, I could see why they want him in there mm-hmm. at certain times. Like, when you, Miles Sanders is in there, you could either run or pass. Now with Darren Sproles, you're thinking it's a passing, passing play. With Jordan Howard, it's most likely a running play. With Miles Sanders, you, you, you don't know. Script's working. Yeah. Let me yeah, ask you listen, something. Listen, listen. I, 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 uh, all right. Here's another. Th- here's, a, here's another topic. Here's, a, here's another thing. That was – go ahead, Ed. Yeah, I just, I just had a quick question. Yeah. You've, you've uh, experienced a lot more games with Gale than I have. Okay. I, have I have to know if this is a regular thing. Right. If the Eagles start getting worked and da- uh, Gale's getting depressed, does he usually go for the depression ice cream? Because <laughs> we went – we that, was, that was like, they got ice cream here, bro? And I was, <laughs> Gale was all I bummed was, out. He's like, I was, the I was, Eagles are getting worked. And Gale's like, I'm going to go get some ice yo, cream. They got, I was like, they <laughs> got I cookies. Come out, we come out of the bathroom, <laughs> and he's going to get ice cream, and I had a little bit of uh, the Peace TSD with McCown in there. I just I had no explanation as to why McCown was out on the field. I see him out there. I'm like, oh, God, not again. But it was, it was all during the process of Gail's depression ice cream. I've never I don't know. It. Is that a regular thing? No. I, 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 I've, I've, never, never, I, I've never seen him go for the ice cream. Can, ice cream can, out can, can we take a helmet? quick, like, two minutes? Can we take a quick minute to, just to talk about the stadium? Oh, yeah. Because that was a trip, dude. We like walked for, like, in. It takes your breath away. It, it does. Yeah. It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. Like, look, I, I started, Gail and I, you and I started traveling together because I, 
you know, I'm season ticket holder since Veterans Stadium, Section 639 at the Vet, Section 225 at Lincoln Financial Field. Mm-hmm. That was home base. Never ventured out of home base until I started hanging with Gail. And all of a sudden we said, hey, let's do a, let's do a little buddy cop movie and start taking this thing on the road and, uh, you know, seeing where we go. And so when you go down to, like, M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, you go into that stadium, it's got its own little flavor, its own little nice. It's got a band. It's got a band. It's got its own little nice, unique <laughs> things. But it makes sense, right? You go up to MetLife Stadium, and it's brand new, and it's kind of vertical, and it looks like an air conditioning from the outside. But you go in, and it's very, it's very Roman Coliseum-esque. You know, you, you kind of, you're like this. You're not like this. You're like this. But it made sense. It's a football stadium. The, the scoreboards are nice. The seating is a little hard to navigate through with the concourse, but it makes sense. You go down to FedEx Field, and you realize this is a crap hole. Like, this is an old boat that needs some new paint. This place is a dump. Dump. You go down to uh, Raymond LA. James Stadium or whatever. L.A. Don't know. That's that's a historic stadium. That that one doesn't even count. But you go to Raymond James, and this makes sense. You walk into that Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Dome Stadium, whatever they want to call it. You look in there, and you're like, oh my god. It's because it's a Benz. No, it's it, it. Gail, you use the word like overwhelming. It was it was definitely overwhelming. It's like when uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to say like when like um, when uh, in. Uh, What's the name of that movie? That show that we oh, all that watch? One? Oh yeah, with the White just Walkers. Just like that. Oh, yeah, Game, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. When they first saw the White Walkers and they they come in there, like it's just like, wow. There's, yeah. There's so much of it, and then there's so many random things in it that shouldn't yeah. be in there, but it's like so cool that you're like. We did a lap around the stadium. There the DJ. Cool there's a DJ. They, yeah, I saw your eyes group. light up, and you're like, dude, like, yo, that the guy's DJ got gets the his job. own. Oh come on, <laughs> he's bro. He's got. He's right in the oh, end, like one of the end zones. One thing that was crazy is they have waiters in like a really fancy restaurant that like right on the concourse. right on the concourse where they yeah you, you, you sit at one of those tables at the end you got a perfect view I mean of the it's field. got napkins and knives and like fine it's like fine dining in a stadium imagine king of prussia mall but with like a stadium in the middle with a retractable roof so you think you're in like the death star yeah a retractable it, it, roof that roof that opens like a camera too like really oh, yeah, cool yeah, 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 yeah. Too. It, it, and, it, the, it, and the jumbotron the yo, jumbotron was jumbo, insane yeah jumbotron was a real deal can we can we can we can we address something real quick and this is not bitter E-Rock talking because he had to do the walk of shame again out of the stadium and hear it from the Atlanta Falcons fans. <laughs> you know what the most frustrating thing about the walk of shame is? Hearing it from fans that can't fill out their own stadium. Can yeah. we talk about it? Yeah. Can we talk about yeah. it a little bit? That, that stadium it's was a, suspiciously loud for the last of Suspiciously loud seats. and suspiciously empty. I'm on Instagram Live. By the way, if you're not following us on Instagram, uh, we encourage you to follow us on all forms of social media. Shout out to the people watching on YouTube. Shout out to the people watching on Facebook Live. Follow us on Twitter, at 4th and John. But if you really want to see the real shenanigans, go to Instagram. Because that's where all the stuff goes on the, on the, on the story. Yeah. But by the way, NBC, you did not hear that. So, <laughs> See, I, was, I, was also, I was also taking pictures of the stadium as they went on. I know. Like, I heard. Update fourth quarter. Look at this. That's the fourth quarter with the game on the line. I think the wildest thing that we heard. On from, the line. We they talk, have the lead here. We that's talked to locals, face. and they all agreed. The United FC, or Atlanta United, whatever their soccer team is down there, regularly fills the stadium better than the Atlanta Falcons. That is true. And it's a good thing those stadium seats are red because you mistake them for jerseys. And it was suspiciously loud. We were, we were, you were at the top row. We were, I was second row from the top, and it was loud. And it's like this isn't supposed to be this loud. It was weird, right? Yeah, it's a little, little loud up here. You piping in that? Did you get caught again? Because then, I had again? when I had posted that, a Falcons fan was like, "No, there's people here." And I was like, "Yeah, on one side, 
Yeah. Did you look across the side of the, and I, I kept we've got wondering. we've got pictures, we've got evidence. Yeah. There's a Fugazi fan base that doesn't even fill out the home opener it, it on Sunday night football. They got, didn't they get in trouble for piped in? They did. Yeah. They Talking lost trash the, to they me as I'm exiting the stadium. Talking about Philly fans and cheesesteak suck. Fill out your own stadium. <laughs> Hey, but, but they got some great scooters in Atlanta. Oh, my yeah, God. Hats so off to the city of Atlanta because those scooters, you know, we got the L. But I'm saying the scooters was a nice touch. A little bit of a mess. A little bit of a mess. The scooters. All, all right, let's bring, let's bring it back on track. <laughs> no, it, it, it was a nice track. touch, right? Because we kind of we, we, we veered off course after talking about what things that we can do to improve the team or get it right moving forward. And the timeline was all <laughs> over one Jalen Ramsey. Jail, yeah, big Throthing time. At the mouth, Throthing yeah. at the You want to talk about man crushes? Yeah. Rudy Huxtable was getting man crushes today. Gail, give me, uh, give me your opinion on the Jalen Ramsey thing. I mean, if you're asking me, I've wanted Jalen Ramsey since he uh, out well, of college. I mean, he's just uh, – I think he's a generational talent. I think he's one of the best corners in the league. Uh, he has the versatility. He's a guy who could play – Safety, if you wanted to, down the road, he he could play that um, linebacker position, the Malcolm Jenkins role, probably. He's a phenomenal athlete. He's got the size and he has the speed. Um, I think, I for me, I like my cornerbacks to be a holes. I want them to be that's, that's confident. That's I want them. Yeah, to, yeah. He's got the sass. He he doesn't care. He'll t- he's going to tell you what he's going to do. He's going to do it. And he's going to shut you down. Shut down half the field. You know. He's a game changer. I mean, obviously it's early in the season. Uh, you don't face Julio Jones every, every, every week. Mm, yeah. But he, they made our defensive backs look it's silly. Look, look forward, I mean, and that's all except Sidney Jones. Sidney Jones had a decent game. But he, he's a generational talent. I think he's, he's, he wants out. And I think some people are like, if you bring him in, is he a culture fit? I think coming from a winning, winning program, these losses – Stacked losses in Jaguar as a Jaguar. When nobody cares. It's affecting him. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from Florida State University to play for the Jaguars, where people don't really care about the, the – I mean, there's – obviously there's Jaguars fans out there, but mm-hmm. it's not like playing for Florida State. It's not like playing – I mean, Florida not, State's not, like not doing so fans. great either right now, but the guy wants to win. Yeah. I hear Evan? Well, we should definitely get Jason Ramsey. Are you kidding me? You see what that guy does on the football field? Man, I don't know. Like, I, the one thing that I, I just want to touch on for just a moment, because I, I think that the obvious answer that everybody in Philadelphia all agrees on is that Jalen Ramsey would obviously help out this team. Why did nobody help out Ronald Darby when everybody saw he's getting torched? Yeah. Why, was there, why was there not a safety? Everything matters. Why? Coaching. Makes no sense to Adjustments. me. Adjustments. He was getting absolutely torched, and there was nothing that, that was done to adjust. Yeah. So, yeah. like. It was interesting. Even Why? if you can't get Ramsey, throw me a bone and send a safety down to help. Yeah. Well, Something. I th- well, I think before that was Minka Fitz- Fitzpatrick, which a lot of Eagle fans were on that, the Minka train, too. But I think if you're going Minka or Jalen, Jalen Ramsey is a different. I think Jalen Ramsey's beast. in his own tier. Like he's I, 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 he's, I think he is probably the best uh, corner in the league. You know, he he might have a high rating in Madden, but I think his petty level uh, is, <laughs> is like a ninety-nine. And I think, yeah. ha, you know, he's the kind of guy like would Philly would embrace. Oh my God, the, we would the love swagger. Him. You know, like they 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 love that. Like when was the last time we had a cornerback who 
You know, Sante. Yeah, Sante, right? Last, it's been last swaggy yeah. quarterback in town. Cornerback in town. I don't know, man. I know, but I don't. But 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 I don't know because I've been having this internal conversation in my head like all day. Because trades made in season are inherently desperate, and trades made out of desperation are very are usually not fair. You think usually, it, do you think it's a weird time though? It's a different time these days, like with players pushing the envelope. It's it's. It is, but that doesn't that doesn't mean like you're you're talking to an organization that we wanted to trade Nick Foles to and that would not even openly discuss it was banking on us letting Nick Foles walk. So they're already like on my crap list to begin with yeah. because we should have gotten something for Nick Foles going down there but it never happened. Again, trades made in season are usually out of desperation and overreaction and usually those trades are one-sided and not very fair. Not only do you got to consider and listen, I'm not, I, I, I love the guy. I love the guy's swag. I love his playmaking ability, and he would 100% help this defense. Let me get that out of the way before people jump to conclusions and start torching me on Facebook again. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but look, it's not – there's a lot – it's multi-layered. It's multi-layered here. What are you willing to give up in order to get him? First-round pick, multiple first-round pick, picking a player. What positional group are you plucking out of there? What do, what do the Jaguars need? He won. He showed up to training camp in a Brinks truck. The man wants to be paid. What's your What's your salary cap situation look like moving forward? Do you have room to extend this guy? Because he's not going to give up all those assets unless you have the ability to sign him long term. That and he's a man to man cover corner, right? I'm sure he could play his own. Listen, <laughs> he's before you flame away. He's not Namdi. Before you flame away, he's not Namdi. Namdi was that dude before he came no, to Florida. Not, he, Let's not no, have any no, no, vision. No, 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 Listen, man. <laughs> just, 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 just let me make go, a point, go. all right? Make, make Before point. I go to the bathroom. Make, make it, come on. He called Nandi Jalen Ramsey. Relax, relax. Just, just allow me to make the point. There, Jim, Sh and, and it's not that Jalen can't play zone, all right? It's more along the lines that Jim Schwartz. This is a man who refused to blitz. This is a man who, when he was criticized at the podium, stayed cool as a cucumber and would not change his defensive scheme for nothing. He's not changing it. So how are you supposed to bring in a corner who's – we, we just talked about using players to the best of their abilities and, yeah. and their strengths, right? But they've been so doing some cool how, how are you going to go and now change the whole – not the whole thing, but you're going to practice more man concepts. And you do. you got to change what the other defensive backs are doing based upon the talents of one individual. If the Eagles could get them for cheap, and they're not going to, if they could sign them long term – and I don't know if they can, and if he would be a great fit in the scheme and not pull a Namdi, if I had all those things guaranteed, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Go get Jalen Ramsey. That's the one side of the argument that, that I'm having in my head. The other side of the argument is, dude, you should have traded for Jadavian Clowney. Revisit that Jadavian Clowney trade and tell me Howie Roseman that you wouldn't offer it up a little bit more given that you have zero pass rush right now. Yeah. Like, 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 like I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm just, I'm just having this internal dialogue. And yeah, Namdi's name got brought up. <laughs> Chip Kelly's name got brought up today. I'm not having a good day. You can tell the lack of sleep is starting to get to me. I'm not having a good day. Yeah. Hey, guess who's guess who got benched? Who's that? Eli. <laughs> 
Danny, the, the, the Danny Do- I'm going to miss that guy. We've got to one out for him. Uh, I'm going to miss that guy, Eli Manning, who had who the Eagles had a 22-10 and 10 record against career-wise with a couple wins in the playoffs. I'm really going to miss that guy. Is he HOF? Is he HOF? Gail, watch this. You want to see him go nuts? Watch this. Gail, is, is Eli Manning Hall of Fame? Borderline. <laughs> Evan, is, is Eli Manning Hall of Fame? I think you got to put him in. No. Uh, I mean, it's borderline. He's getting in. Yeah, we'll see. He's getting in. I know Eagles fans, you don't want to hear it. He's getting in. We'll because see. The, listen, the formula to Hall of Fame is stats plus accomplishment divided by longevity times historical significance. But that hokey SOB. He beat the undefeated that, Patriots. That team, hokey man. SOB has uh, stayed healthy in his career. There's not too many quarterbacks who stay in the pocket who uh, continue to stay healthy. That, that's <laughs> – that's uh, you know, that's you got to give him props for that. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you why he's Hall, Hall of Fame, and you're not gonna want to hear it. But I'm not, I'm not giving you opinion on this. I'm just, gi- I'm just giving you facts. I don't think he's first ballot Hall of Fame, but no. he's, he's, no, he's, he's, he's gonna get in. Seventh all time in passing yards, in front of other Hall of Famers like Elway and Moon. Eighth all time passing touchdowns in front of individuals like Joe Montana, Dan Fouts, also Hall of Famers. Sixth all time in passes completed. Ahead of guys like Aikman and Kelly. Is Kurt Warner a Hall of Famer? Is Kurt Warner a Hall of Famer? Damn right he is. Kurt Warner, stop taping this prime. I swear to God. <laughs> and, 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 and NBC, do not isolate this and put it on Facebook. And with the headline, Eagles fans said Eli Manning should go into the Hall of Fame. Travis, I know you're in this building. E-Rock gives and up I will on find Eagles. You, you <laughs> cannot hide from me. I will find you. Kurt Warner, is a Hall, Kurt Warner is a Hall of Famer. He's 40th, 38th, and 39th in those, in those statistical categories, respectively. Eli's 7th, 8th, and 6th. Kurt Warner is 40th, 38th, and 39th. Two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two times beat the New England Patriots, which until the Philadelphia Eagles did it, was absolutely unthinkable. Some of the best plays in Super Bowl history. And, oh, yeah, by the way, Walter Payton, Man of the Year. Listen, he's not going to get in first. uh, Not to mention the fact that his last name's Manning, and he plays in the number one market for the number one team in that market, and that's the New York Giants. Eventually, he's going to wiggle, and I realize he is not... You take, he's you not take, you, no, you take any one of those individual statistical seasons, and you're like, meh. But he's got enough of them yeah. where he's w- worked his way up the statistical chart. Gail, thoughts? Uh, do you have an Eli Manning jersey at home? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> you, 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 you have officially stand for Eli Manning. Like, <laughs> if I did, you have every ounce of permission to swore, put me in the bathroom and we allow were, me never to we come We were a Giants podcast for a second <laughs> over here. No, but listen, I, I, I'm just saying... <laughs> No, I, I give him his props. I'm tired. I'm telling you, I'm giving his. I'm giving Eli. It was a his, long weekend. I'm giving Eli his props. Uh, the quick lost. release, you know, like he's he's borderline Hall of Fame with the numbers. I'm ashamed of myself right now. So so far, I've brought up Chip Kelly, <laughs> and I'm the Asamoah, and went to bat for Eli Manning. I'll just, you know what, Gil, you got it. You, you called. He, he called. He called Namdi, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey. I think. Put this guy, he went to the bathroom because he knows he deserves a seat on the throne. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. But, like, you, you do see the other side of it, right? Like, we're poking at Prodden right now, but, like, he's going to end up in, in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know. I, I think this <laughs> would be a really great moment for Twitter questions. I think so, too. So how about them Twitter questions? 
We got DC Daryl on the line. Where's Jordan Howard? That's what he wants to know. Well, I think after after this week, I think they're still trying to figure it out. You know, I think if they want to go back to this, you know, dial up the run game, I think it's a possibility that they start mixing in Jordan Howard a little bit more. A lot of people were, you know, standing for Jordan Howard on the timeline, which is okay. Like I, I feel like he's your foundational guy. Get the get the run game going. You know, I think there's a part of offensive linemen where that if they're not running the ball and dominating after a while. It starts to affect them. But I think the offense did get rattled, right. losing a lot of players. I'll answer for E. Uh, we should have someone like Tiki Barber on this team. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> Joe Morris. Um, next question comes from Brother Frank. He wants to know, do you guys think if they let Carson command the offense as he did in the past, we'd get better results in games? I think uh, – I, I do think that – Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson have a relationship where, you know, he he knows what plays to dial up. You, you look at that fourth and fourteen play; that's a play that Carson Wentz brought to Doug Peterson's mm-hmm. attention mm-hmm. on a play to run. Um, like we talked about earlier with the tempo, I think it's it's important that you know they fire up some some tempo just to get him. Not, I think the rhythm is more important than getting Carson Wentz like for him to call the plays solely, but I think tempo that tempo brings out the rhythm in Carson Wentz sometimes. Okay, so uh, X Drumheller wants to know, do you see the Mark, Eagles... Mark, Mark Drumheller. Uh, do you see the Eagles trying to acquire a third tight end since they weren't comfortable enough to activate one internally? Um, I think, you know, they Alex, Alex uh, Ellis has come back, um, so I think, you know, they're definitely going to have the two tight ends. I think they'll probably bring – I mean, what's Josh Perkins doing these days? So I'm wondering. You know, I think they're going to have to start looking at getting a third tight end um, because I think, you know, having these two tight end sets, it's, it's, it's imperative mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, Doc Drew 59 wants to know, uh, would you personally rather see Howie trade for a, t- a defensive end or a cornerback right now? Mm. Gun to your head, you got to take one. It depends. Like if I'm getting a Jalen Ramsey and I could bring in a – Chris Long, why not? Hey, how was the uh, throw? the bathroom? How's the bathroom, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I would like to apologize to the viewers of Fortune John <laughs> for my action and behavior today. I'm disgusted with myself. I feel like I need to take a shower. And I promise it'll never, ever happen again. We got one more question, Twitter question before we get on out of here. Let's just uh, let's let's just go full circle here with this Ramsey thing, cause uh, cause Justin wants to know. Mm. Let, let let me just get a final answer as to as far as what's the maximum you're willing to trade. Uh, whatever it takes. First, so first and a third, first this year, third following year, and throw in a late round pick this year as well. Whatever it takes. And, and Gail's willing to give away uh, the I, farm, as I, they no, say. I'm feeling, I'm feeling win. get up again? Yo, <laughs> I, I'm feeling win now. I'm not, like, people are like, well, you know, we're in a win now mode. There's, 100%. So I think if this guy becomes available, you bring him in. It's all about making the team better. And he's a generational talent. 
All right, before we get on out of here, a couple of shout-outs. Big shout-out to the Green Legion. Yes. Thanks so much for sponsoring Thank us you. for that Awesome event. trip. Awesome trip going down to Atlanta. If you have not booked your trip for Buffalo, that'll be the next one the 4th and John is on, get on it, man. Because if, if Buffalo is anything like Atlanta was, it is going to be an absolute unbelievable time. And once again, we will be walking in here like zombies, yeah. low on sleep, and delirious apparently like I am. Yeah. Also, too, they got the big Miami trip. That's the big one of the year. Make sure you check them out. Use promo code john when you check out and they'll try to sit you right next to us some of our listeners were there big shout out to the eagles fans once again i can't give you guys enough credit you guys represented down there took over the city of atlanta made it atlanta delphia for the uh for the weekend yep. you guys absolutely showed up and uh thanks to everyone that said hello and threw uh support forth in john's way uh, tailgate information for uh, this upcoming Sunday. I don't know what time the lots are open. Keep an eye out on the Twitter account, Lincoln Fanatic. He usually tweets that out on Friday. Parking lot F1 is always food by Concha Hawk and Bakery. Big shout out to Tina. And big shout out to Bud Light for sponsoring us with the beers. And any final thoughts, gentlemen? Uh, shout out to uh, Nan's Chicken Waffles for the Dude, amazing chicken and waffles. Chicken waffles uh, game Atlanta. changer. First time having chicken and waffles. <laughs> First time having bacon, sausage, and gravy. First time having grits. What? I'm doing it for the culture. Life life changer. Life life changer, man. I got an education while I was down there. Appreciate everything. And as always, let's go birds. And we will see you right here from NBC Sports Philadelphia Studios next Tuesday. Go birds! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.